our faith often dictates how we act and how we run our lives. And so we brought in three influential pastors from this region to talk about the business community and the community at large. Hi, I'm Russell Hodney, President and CEO of the Columbia County Chamber of Commerce, and we are here with Range of Influence, uh, our ROI podcast. And I'm Reagan Williams, past chair of the board of directors for the Columbia County Chamber of Commerce and senior vice president at Maybaum Real Estate. Today, we have Mike Heron, pastor at First Presbyterian Church of Augusta, David McKinley, senior pastor at Warren Baptist Church, and Dr. Charles Goodman senior pastor at Tabernacle Baptist in Augusta. So we had a great conversation with these three pastors, and we're going to jump right into it. But first of all, we need to hear from our sponsor, Premier Networks. Premier Networks is the premier information technology and cybersecurity firm in the CSRA. You have enough to worry about for your business. Leave it to the Augusta IT guys to ensure your IT is done right. No ironclad contracts, no fine print, just fast, reliable technology from an experienced customer-centric team, locally owned. Call for a free cyber assessment because in 2021, IT has to be right. Premier Networks, the official IT partner of the Augusta Green Jackets. Hey guys, it's good to be with y'all. Um, you know, we've got a lot going on in our community coming out of COVID and everything. And we decided that let's just have some of the most important people in our community together uh, to talk about what's happening in our community. And that's uh, our faith-based leaders. So we've got three pastors uh, from three influential churches here in the Augusta region. Um, to have a conversation, just talk about what's happening here and how does the business community really fit into uh, these conversations. So we'll just kick things off. And uh, I want to just give you guys a quick little uh, opportunity to, to uh, give a plug, say your name, talk about your church a little bit real quick so that they can associate a voice with a name. Uh, and then we'll just dive into some of these, so these topics. So uh, Dr. Goodman, if you want to start. Sounds good. Thank you again. Once again, it's an honor to be here to share with you guys. Um, Charles Edward Goodman, Jr. I'm the uh, pastor of the Tabernacle Baptist Church. Um, uh, we've been, I've been here 14 years, and it's been a blessing to be in this city and beyond as God continues to expand us. So um, God is doing an incredible work. Uh, we, we're still navigating through these uh, uncharted waters, um, but I am grateful to be a part of this conversation on today. Thank you. My name is David McKinley. I have the privilege for the past 13 years of serving as the pastor of Warren Baptist Church in the CSRA community. And uh, we have two campuses, one both uh, at uh, our central location at Washington and Furies Ferry, and then one in Grovetown. So we're both in Richmond and Columbia County, and I'm grateful for that. And uh, just am blessed to serve a marvelous community of people who have a heart to serve this community and to make a difference. And I'm blessed to be called their pastor. I'm Mike Heron. I'm the pastor at First Presbyterian Church uh, right downtown in Augusta. Our history is that 50 members built a thousand-seat sanctuary over 200 years ago, and we're inspired by that vision of keeping God's Word central in our lives and equipping God's people to live the Word. We're located next to the James Brown Arena. We're next to the city government building the old Medical College Georgia of Georgia, the historic Richmond Academy, 
And we see that as a calling in some ways to be central to the lives of um, our city. Our members live all throughout the CSRA from Columbia County, West Augusta, downtown, and in South Carolina. I've been the lead pastor for four years here and uh, on staff as a pastor for 32 years, married four grown children, and we are thrilled that Augusta is our home and that we can minister in this area. Excellent. Well, I mean, I kind of teed it up. Talk about some of the biggest challenges you guys have seen kind of coming out of the pandemic, not only in your congregation, but in your community. As I said, you know, as you talk to your, your congregation, they're, they're telling you what they're dealing with. Tell us some of the stories. Tell us what's going on. And, and we'll start with you, uh, Dr. Goodman. Yes, thank you again. And I should have said where my church is. We actually have um, three locations, one in Richmond County, downtown Augusta, the other one in Columbia County on North Baylor Road. And we just recently, before COVID actually hit, had put in a contract to start our third location in Graniteville, uh, North Augusta, Aiken area for what we call Tab North. So it's very unique. And so um, I think a lot of challenges, especially as I represent uh, a disenfranchised uh, people of color community. Um, there's a lot of issues from the health issue that is still ongoing. COVID exasperated a lot of things, but COVID wasn't the only health disparity we have been facing within our community. Not only COVID, but you're talking about high blood pressure, diabetes. You know, this has been a great opportunity for me to talk to our medical community because there was such a feel and sense you know, we need to get on top of COVID. And I've been saying, well, we've been having our pandemics in a lot of different ways. So so from a health perspective, that's that's been huge, and we're still in it. If you look at the numbers, uh, African-Americans are 13% in this country and about 40-some percent of the deaths of COVID. So it really hit us at a very, very powerful and incredible rate that we're still dealing with. I can't tell you how many people that I've had to bury this year because of COVID. So, so I understand those implications. The economic issue which I'm grateful that we're going to have a wonderful opportunity to talk about. Um, when we look at some of the loans and businesses, our hearts are with those uh, businesses, small, you know, uh, African-American or people of color businesses that really were kind of left out of a lot of some PPP loans and those things. So one of the things we've been focused on last year, we uh, were able to bless 40 African-American small businesses uh, with a Hope Seed offering. Uh, our church was generous enough to raise over $75,000 that we were able to sow into our community. And this week, actually tomorrow, we're going to bless additional 30 African-American small businesses with another offering because we understand it's been hard. It, it's, you know, for many of the businesses that perhaps didn't have the connections or things in place. So so the economic piece is, is hard as well. And then you can't even overlook the racial piece. I mean, we're still, I think there's a lot of wounds that we saw last year, covid people sitting home, the George Floyd, but not just George Floyd, but there was a lot more that we can go back that has really kind of rent um, the very fabric of unity within our community, the bipartisanship or the partnership that we see politically. So there's just so much. I mean, there's a lot we could jump into. We're, we're at a, a weird space, a weird space as a community, as a nation, as a world. So yeah. uh, those are some of the things we're thinking through. Yeah. How about you? Thank you, Pastor Goodman. I always appreciate your perspective. And um, I sort of thought about this from the standpoint of just what's happened um, relationally and socially in the lives of people. I think that uh, COVID created a tremendous sense of isolation 
And because of that isolation, many of us have turned inward. And one of the greatest challenges coming out of COVID has been how to get people away from just the inward focus that is now dominating their life, the fear focus, the isolation, as I mentioned, and really coming back into a place of community. We were made for community. We were made to be together, have friends, family, people that, that we're around. And I really think that uh, in this particular setting, uh, this has been exasperated. And so even as we've begun to gather again, it's not really even regathering the church. It, for us, it's been rebuilding. I mean, literally from the ground up, just trying to rebuild and reassure and, and uh, refocus people together on the need for relationship and coming together. And so I would just say that because I've witnessed a lot of the implication of that, whether it's health-related or uh, whatever else it may be, uh, just the life problems that have come out of it, all of that has played very much into where we are right now and trying to really focus as a church on community renewal and community strength is important for us. Absolutely. Pastor Heron? Well, I'll just add two words that I think parallel what my brothers here are sharing. One is the word sadness, and the other is the word separation. I think that, you know, Americans do a pretty good job at some times of painting a face, I'm okay, you're okay, or things are going to be all right. But I think sadness fear, disruption, uncertainty has become the prevailing ethos of our nation and possibly the world as well. In some ways, modernism promised that man could fix all the evil problems in the world. And whether it was health care, politicians, uh, business leaders, I think we all have been humbled, even the Church of Jesus Christ, to recognize that we have to look outside of ourselves to find these answers. So that sadness, but then the separation that just has made it difficult to care for one another, to really forge community. Community is that fabric that connects us when we need what we need the most and when we need it the most. And so that idea, as you said, Pastor McKinley, of how to rebuild the community that we envision. Yeah. And just one other kind of follow up to this. At the end of the day, we're all membership organizations, right? Um, you know, the chamber and the church. Uh, and I know I've read some things that the churches right now are really have struggling with membership. Chambers, too, some better than others. And, uh, uh, but now that the pandemic, we can watch church online, we can do things, we can, and, and we've sort of provided an opportunity for them to, to not be part of the congregation. But we all know that you need fellowship. You need to be together in one room. And what kind of challenges have you guys faced around membership? Well, I guess I'll jump in. Um, for us, um, we're still virtual, and we're in the process of figuring out what reentry looks like. Um, but I've learned in this season not to count members but weigh them. And 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 realize that COVID, the pandemic, was not an interruption. It was a disruption. And not marry myself on what it was, because if you marry yourself on what was, you miss on the possibilities of what can be. And so I think it's, it's a betwixt and between, because I am energized as a leader in the church, because I still believe the church's best years are ahead. I do believe in the hope of Jesus Christ. I do believe a lot of the fracturing 
that we have can come through the church. Now, there's a lot of things we need to do within the body universally as a church, but I still believe in the power of the church. And um, it's just challenged us. I think at the end of the day, what you've said is right. It's forced us to understand and get back to the core of what we do. Because I will say, we before we were big on getting people in buildings and making sure we're meeting budgets and all that got kind of wiped away. So now it's not buildings and budgets, it's peoples and relationships, right? So if we continue to try to foster that and grow that, I think there's great opportunities. Now, if we're trying to go back, I think we're going to be hurt. I think we're going to really be kind of miss this moment, right? But to see what the church can be, and it's going to be wildly different than what it was before. And I can imagine in the business field, it just shift and change. And so um, that's how I've been viewing it, and that's how I've been thinking through it. Good word. Um, you know, I just think that to that point, curbside pickup, online shopping, you know, online church. I, I'm actually grateful for online church. We were not there when the pandemic hit, but we got there very quickly. And it has been a tremendous lifeline. But I do not have a Sunday now that I don't find someone in a hallway who says to me, you know, Pastor, I was grateful for that, but I really need to be here. And and I think that it's the coming back and the being here. But now the question is, what is here going to be? Because it cannot just be, as he mentioned, what we did before. We can't just default to, let's act like this never happened. All of our lives have been significantly changed and altered. Our patterns of living, our relationships, our priorities. And so we've got to do everything that we can to be intentional and proactive about how we rebuild community together. And I think the church needs to lead the way in terms of being proactive in establishing best practices and encouraging people uh, to lay aside fears and to take good steps, whether that's getting vaccinated, although not everyone shares that opinion, that's fine. Uh, but any practices that we can help to do to help people to have an ability to come back together, to be strong together, I think we need to do that. And, um, you know, it's just, um, it, it, it's, it's a time to completely, I don't so much want to say rethink, but to reshape the processes that we put in place going forward in the way we relate to one another and the way that we distribute service and ministry in the community. I, I would say for me the greatest thing is I think it's pushed us back to our mission. What is our mission? What do we believe? How do we belong? And what are we becoming together as a people? It's a good summary. I think I'll use that sometime. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yes. I think that the church has always in this world been outsiders who've been persecuted. And what we've seen the hand of God is that God has used disruptions to strengthen us inwardly and to send us with a mission of hope and healing outwardly. I do think, as these brothers have shared, we need to think about how can we join our members who are scattered, not just calling them back to gathered places, which is very important, but also how to be the church in those scattered places, and especially for the most vulnerable parts of our community. That's the call of Jesus Christ to follow him, and it's to follow his heart as well. So I think that the separation, of course, can be, as you said, Pastor, an opportunity for us to rethink how we do fulfill our mission. Well, the, the conversation, I think, Dr. McKinley, you said it around isolation, that 2020 kind of highlighted um, 
you know, how we live our lives and, and how um, integral community is to so many of us. And uh, a lot of introverts found 2020 to be a good mm-hmm. year. It's like, I don't have to go anywhere. I can just, you know, order, order food from my uh, living room and it shows up. I mean, so a lot of, uh, you know, businesses went really heavily into that and, and the churches did as well, finding ways to connect with people. Um, but for a lot of folks, you know, 2020 was a, a year of pain. Um, you know, lost family members. Uh, there were all kinds of, you know, disruptions to our lives. There were there were all kinds of social issues that happened throughout the 2020 and 2021 years, and we're still seeing that today. Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious. As Russell and I lead the chamber organization, and we're both, you know, very active in our churches, you know, how can uh, organizations that don't always seem like they are, uh, you know, working towards the same missions, but the business community and the faith community, how do you think we can work together to bring unity in our community, to, to bring people back together uh, in a way that, that, you know, might be better than it was before? And we'll start with Dr. McKinley. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> you just asked me to lay out a, a, a plan for the future for the business community, and I don't know if I can do that, but I just, I think the biggest thing we've got to do is because members of our churches are members of the business community, is that we've got to pull back together and talk about ways in which we can partner to do projects and to deliver uh, goods and services to people that matter. And, you know, I think just as the church has had to get back to its mission and realize how vital it is that we stay connected to our people, I think business communities got to find a way to really find way not just into the pocketbook but into the hearts of people again and I think the church is at the core of that and so finding a way that we can find some projects to work on together I mean we can debate all day there's so many platforms out there right now to stand on to argue from but I think what we've got to do especially in this local community and that's kind of where my focus is I've just decided I'm not going to spend my time you know trying to resolve all the issues that are out there there are plenty of them I have opinions about all those things But where I can make a difference is here and locally. And I think that if we can use the influence that we have as faith leaders as well as calling business leaders at every level to find a way to work together and maybe do some projects together, some visible projects, it would be something that would be good for all of us, something that came out of COVID. And I don't think we've defined that yet. I'm not even sure fully what those projects need to be. But I think that really does need to be some of our talk and thought going forward. I agree. I think the conversation around, you know, how do we all as a, as a community go from here together and, and not so much just the business community, just the faith community, not, not just the nonprofit community. Dr. Goodman, you're a, a certified diversity coach, I understand. Yeah. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on how we as a, as a faith community, business community, all of us together kind of, you know, start that conversation or at least continue the conversation about, you know, unity and healing and those kind of things as we come out of this, the pandemic and some of the social unrest that we've had over the last year? Well, absolutely. Well, first of all, I do think the conversation starts in the wrong place. When I say that, I think oftentimes when moments happen, we rush to restoration, but we're skipping steps. There has to be, first of all, recognition, acknowledge that there is an issue and a problem, and then repentance, then we can move to restoration. A lot of times I feel like, especially in communities that I serve and that I'm a part of, there's this rush to as soon as something happens, all right, forgive it, let's move forward, without understanding, no, that was a real wound. That was a real issue. 
And even if it's not your experience, part of it is recognizing that all of us have our own unique experiences. One of the things that I've really been praying about that I'm hoping to see that I'm asking for a resurgence in our community, especially even locally, is perhaps God would raise up in all of our hearts this idea of empathy. When you think about community, there's two things that is very powerful, part of that word, unity and communion, right? This, this, that there is something about our community, our unity in common place, right? And we all bring our own selves to whatever we're at, whether you're a business leader, whether you're in the church. But my experiences are real and valid. And part of the things that I think that happens is oftentimes we superimpose our experiences or our lack of information on other people and want them to move through the process. As a pastor, I've had to live with people in the tents and, and frustrating spaces that are not always easy. So what I would say is it has to begin not at restoration. That conversation needs to start at, number one, recognition, then repentance, then let's restore. But I think that's the piece, and I, and I think that's, that's what I've been seeing a lot of times. We just don't, don't want to do the hard work in those early parts of it. So it's a hard conversation. There's some deep wounds. There's some things that have happened to communities within our country that is valid and real, and we can't skirt over it. And so the only way to move from it is to acknowledge it, and then we can heal from it. But that's just some things I've been thinking through. Maybe I'd add to that that whether it's business leaders or community leaders, is our goal growth, is our goal prosperity, or is our goal health? Mm. And healthy things grow. But diseased and undernourished and decayed things die. And so I think what Pastor Goodman is saying is that does the business community share that vision of health? Because if something is healthy, it not only will survive, it not only will grow, it will become fruitful, and it will bless beyond. And I think asking those kinds of questions about is our community healthy? Is our company healthy? Is our family healthy? Because we all recognize that we didn't know if we were in danger of dying or we were safe. We didn't know where the boundaries were. We hit a pause. As we're moving back to more participation, business activity, I do think it's a question of are we better? Are we more healthy than we were? And and are we on that healing path? Because if not, um, we know that uh, we'll find ourselves in you know, these kinds of difficult and uh, disappointing results if we got the wrong goal. Can I jump in one last thing on that? Because I think it's important. You did mention that I do some executive coaches, so I'm not just in the church realm. I, I'm also in the business realm. And I will tell you that over the last year or so, I've had some some diversity conversations with some community, some business leaders, and I tell them, I say, guys, listen, I'm not even going to appeal to you about the realities of life, whichever structurally, whether it's classism, racism, whatever you want to say. I said, let me just go ahead and tell you, for your business to thrive, regardless if you see these things being bad morally, you need to also consider what is the survival of your business. Because as we look at how the demographics are shifting, how we look at how things are changing, communities are changing. You want, your, you want your business, every business owner I know, wants their business to be passed down. They don't just get in business for themselves. They do it for the next generation, right? You want to create what we call generational wealth and provision and presence. I say, but listen, you're doing a disservice to the next generation if you don't address these issues. Because at some point, 
It's not even about morality. We could sit there and debate about morality, what you think is right or wrong about situation, but it's also about survival. <laughs> and how can you compete in a global market that is becoming more brown, more diverse? It's going to change. And so you need to have it not just for you, even if you don't change. I want to make sure that my grandchildren and great-grandchildren have a competitive advantage in this field and business, and they're going to have to be able to deal with people that are outside their community, look different, and are other, you know. So the other is not an enemy. It could be an asset. So that's something I was just thinking through, especially for business people. No, I, I think that's a great point, uh, Pastor Goodman. And I think, um, and Pastor Heron, you talked about health and, and health of the, you know, the community. You know, the health of the community is essential to the business community, too. I mean, if you have a healthy community, whether it be spiritually, uh, physically healthy, you know, you have a vibrant working community, and that, that pays dividends in other ways. So I think it's important. You know, Pastor McKinley, you, you, uh, uh, Warren Baptist, uh, you guys did a memorial service before Christmas for members who lost a person during covid and couldn't properly mourn, uh, you know, we've all kind of done some things that are maybe a little bit different. Talk a little bit about some of the tangible things that you guys have done to get through and meet some of these needs head on. Well, one of the deepest pains of last year was that every common practice of access and um, presence in the midst of crisis was taken away. You could not be with your family members in a hospital. If someone died, you did not have the ability to have a if you will, a proper funeral, which you might have done. And there are things in life you can't repeat. So at the end of the year last year, I tried to go back and do one thing that we could do as a church, and that was even though many of those I had done graveside services or been with them, we tried to do that. We tried to make sure that throughout last year, uh, on a regular rotating basis, we had our entire staff working together to contact all of our senior adult members of our church because we were already worried about their sense of isolation and getting involved with them, and then just checking on so many many of our medical professionals. Um, we did as a church try to use some funds that we had planned for programming and to turn those into gift distribution that we could do for the Richmond County Sheriff's Department, that we could do for all the healthcare workers in the area. Uh, we tried to make a big deal out of taking um, and, and doing uh, special gifts on the doorstep of our special needs children and families and, and other children and many of our older adults. And so we just tried to maintain, maintain an opportunity to go more high contact at a time when distance had happened. And that was simply uh, something that I think it was, I think what it did was I think it renewed our heart for being so much more than an organization with a lot of movement and action and took us back to a place of uh, caring and hearing and listening to our people in a fresh and a new way it was good for us. Amazing idea, too. That was great for our community. Thank you, Pastor, for that. Pastor Heron, do you want to touch on that? Yeah, I mentioned that we have membership spread throughout the CSRA, and we break our congregation down into parishes. There's 13 different geographic parishes where we have elders and deacons and families that are thinking about caring for their neighbors. And so, of course, shut-ins uh, became high priority for us to stay connected to them and to communicate and then also gathering in those small spaces outside rec and recognizing that the church has to foster micro communities as well as just large gatherings 
and then um, looking for ways that um, those that are most vulnerable, as you were saying, Pastor McKinley, and are most isolated need more touches and more focus. So um, I'm not sure we did it in any heroic ways. I do think, as you mentioned also, trying to care for all of our healthcare workers that make up a large portion of our congregation and knowing that not only praying for them regularly, but also checking in on them, the amount of fear, pressure, and the amount of sadness that they had to walk through really have seen a, a need to support that group of people as well. Well, I, I don't think it could ever be uh, understated how difficult the last year has been. But, you know, I don't want today's conversation to only be about the despair. Um, you know, I think all of us would agree that the gospel and the church is really about hope. It's really about, um, you know, something greater than us that is giving hope to to our, our lives, our families, our communities. And so, the, you know, the, the business community has seen actually some pretty good things, some really great things that have happened this year. A lot of businesses have really thrived. They've changed. They've adapted. They've been forced to do things that they were maybe scared to do or, or didn't want to do. And, and I'm not, so, so much of that has been good. I'd love to hear your perspective about where we go from here and the hope that you see in your congregations, in our community, in our nation, some of the things that you think that the last year has taught us and some places that, that you think are going to be you know, positive down the road. That's great. Um, man, we, we could stay on that topic all day long because you are right. I think last year was, and even as we continue on, um, and I don't think we'll know the true ramifications of the emotional, mental, and spiritual toll that we've all had to endure. Not even just our people. I, I pray for leadership, business owners and pastors. I I, I mean, I, I don't want to say for them, but this is this is a hard year. And I'm still feeling it. I don't I'm not even sure if I've totally recovered. I've operated because this is how I work and I function, but I've been numb and it probably will take a while for me to even find my equilibrium on it. But with that being said, I will think what I am hoping out of this is that this has proven to all that we need each other. That that there is something beautiful about um, what we all can provide, that our uniqueness and our difference is not a liability but an asset. And if we, if we do our best to grow ourselves and fully express our authentic selves and realize that you are needed and you are wonderful and you are... You know, I think that's it. I'm hoping through all this that partnerships will be grown through the business community and the church community because we got we all working for the same thing. You know, at the end of the day, I view life as ministry and whichever way that you is your religious leaning, you know, whichever is your your emphasis and whatever your fuel is. I, For me, I just think we're all working towards everyone else. And I feel like that. I think what Pastor McClee and Pastor Mike said earlier is true, that even the church had to realize that we had to look outside of ourselves, right, outside the walls. It was bigger than a building. And I guess business people had to understand that too because the ones that I saw thriving was the one that was impacting the community, ones that was sowing back into the community, right? So this whole notion of sowing back and not being insular, which is the same kingdom principle that you, God doesn't give us things to hold with a clenched fist, but he gives us things to hold with an open hand. And if we can grow with that, if we can partner with that man i just think that that so much can happen because we all need one another 
every gift is important. I'm always thinking about when Paul talks about gifts of the body, he, he talks about how they're all important, right? And I always tell my church, you do realize your pinky toe is important. Ever hurt your pinky toe, you can't walk, right? You know, if I, I had neck and spine fusion surgery about 10 years ago. I didn't realize how important my neck was until it was hurt, right? So I think what we learned in this is that we don't function well if one part of the body and the total body community is not functioning well. We don't function well if we're politically dysfunctional. We don't function well if people on the margins and being ostracized are not included. We function best when we all work together. So that's my prayer is that I think that's the real dream is that there'll be partnership through all this. And we realize we really do need one another. And I, and I really am hopeful for that. That's the only thing that keeps me hopeful because there's some days that you just, ugh. But I think that's the thing that pushes me is, is that hope that I have and that, that it will be. Well, so. I was wondering with three pastors in the room when we were going to get to some good preaching. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate you, you getting this to a, to a point that was, that was good. Wow. What a great conversation. And that's only half of it, Rig. And we had a wonderful conversation uh, that, that lasted over an hour. Uh, and so we want to just kind of break this up into two parts. But, uh, you know, that was amazing. It really was, Russ. I mean, very meaningful, uh, incredibly insightful into what's going on in our community, in our houses of faith. Uh, I'm looking forward to this next conversation and how it plays out. And we'll hear the rest of the conversation in two weeks. But uh, before we leave, again, we want to recognize our sponsor, Premier Networks. You can visit them at AugustaITGuys.com. Again, that's AugustaITGuys.com.